Okay, good morning, good morning. Okay, so in Pasha's Nasi, you read about the contribution that the princes of each tribe gave to the, um, the Mishkan, to the inauguration of the Mishkan. So among the gifts that the um, the princes, the leaders of each tribe gave were uh, wagons, and they gave also, um, besides the wagons, they also gave um, bulls to, uh, to uh, uh, carry the wagons, to pull the wagons. How much did they give? So it says that each prince gave one bucker, one bull, and they joined together to uh, give a wagon so that two princes each together, uh, two princes together contributed towards one wagon. So there's a total of, of 12 bulls and uh, six wagons. Now, the obvious question is, why couldn't each prince give himself a whole wagon? Why did they divide the wagon so that each one gave a half a wagon. It sounds a little funny, especially considering the fact that when it came to the donations to, for the construction of the, of the tabernacle, it says over there that, um, that the princes of the tribes, the leaders of the tribes didn't want to donate. Uh, they didn't want to donate first. They didn't want to donate first because they said, let the community donate what, they, what they'll donate. And we, the princes, will come and we'll, we'll complement, we'll fill up whatever gap they're, we're, they're missing. What actually happened was that the people, Jewish people, unanimously gave everything and more the tabernacle needed. So there's nothing left for the, um, the princes to give. So, but you guys can hear me okay, right? Yeah, yes. Okay. So there's nothing left for the, uh, for the princes to give. So, um, so they didn't want to make the same mistake when it came to the inauguration for the construction of the tabernacle. So there was, they, they came last and they were only able to donate the, the stones for the breastplate of the Kangal. So when it came to the inauguration of the tabernacle, they didn't want to make the same mistake. So they, um, they came first and they donated the, the, uh, the sacrifices and the, the, what was needed to transport the tabernacle. So the whole point of their of their gift and giving their gift first was in order to show that they're that they're excited to give. And yet they when they when they gave, they gave in a very calculated, limited way. They only each one gave a half a wagon. Why does that make sense? The question is even greater because the the truth is that the amount of wagons that they donated were barely enough to hold the um, contents of the tabernacle. So there's six wagons. Well, how, how, what did they do with the six wagons? The Bnei Kahas, who carried the Arin, the holier artifacts of the artifacts, of the, not, not a good word to use, whatever, the holier items in the tabernacle, they carried on their shoulders. So the, the, the Bnei Gershin, they got uh, two wagons to carry the curtains uh, covered the tabernacle. And the Bnei Merari, they got four wagons 
to carry all the heavier items in the tabernacle. So they they had the um, the boards, they had uh, all the all the various things that were really heavy were were carried by the children of Miram. So four wagons wasn't really enough to carry all these heavy items. And say it wasn't enough. I mean, we highlight. I mean, the Gemara goes into great detail, dis- discussing uh, how exactly they were able to uh, manage to carry everything in those four wagons. The Gemara says they had to put one plank on top of the other. The Gemara says even more that it was stacked up high, so that the children of Merari had to like walk alongside the, those wagons to make sure that nothing nothing dropped. We're talking about really like fitting it in in a way that um, like was, was it was difficult. It was a really hard job to fit it in. So the question is, why was it um, so? If they're coming to give the tabernacle in a generous way, why is it they they, they gave in such a uh, minimalistic uh, gift that it was barely enough? What is barely enough? Barely enough means that there was a strain to make it work so that not only was it, was it four wagons, which wasn't enough, the wagons themselves had a certain width and length. And if they were a little bit wider, a little bit longer, it would make things so much easier. You wouldn't have to have, uh, you know, uh, the Luvium are known to not always be the full of chesed Luvium associated with Vuda. So, you know, imagine these angry Luvium uh, hey, Rebzev, good morning. Imagine these Levian uh, trying to being told you have, to, you have to walk alongside the wagon and make sure that that uh, you know nothing falls. You have to, you have to worry about the, the reaction. <laughs> you know, it's, it could be it's a Monday morning. You have these Levian like walk alongside the Mishkan, make the wagon a little bigger, a little longer. You know, you, you don't know what you're getting into. So, um, so what's the idea? Answer is like this. The purpose of the Mishkan was to that Hashem should rest, to get connected to the truth. The, the truth of Hashem, the holiness of Hashem should rest in this world. What's the truth? The truth is, the truth is Hashem is alone, nothing besides him. That's the truth. The truth is all there is is Hashem. So what's the world and what's the human being doing here? That's not Torah. Whatever God made in the world, He only made for His glory. What's human being doing in this world? I wasn't created for any other reason but to serve a master. So the whole function of every detail of this world is the service of Hashem. The whole function of every part of human being is to serve Hashem. So the tabernacle was a place of the, of the expression of the truth of Hashem. So if there will be a space in the in the wagon that wasn't used, if there would be an extra couple of feet in the wagon, or even more, if the cattle weren't strained to their fullest, they weren't using all of their strength, it's not only that a part of the tabernacle wouldn't have been used, it would have expressed the diametrical opposite point of what the tabernacle is all about. The whole point of the tabernacle is to express as nothing besides Hashem, it's all for Hashem, that Hashem's truth should rest in the world. So if there's a space in the tabernacle which isn't used, so that's 
sending the opposite message, message of what the tabernacle is about. The tabernacle is about there's nothing besides Hashem. All there is is Him, Hashem's truth. So if there's a space in the tabernacle and a space in the wagon which is not being used, so it's it's the opposite of the tabernacle, it's the opposite of, uh, of what the, the tabernacle is meant, meant to be to be expressed. So it says in the Torah, we all heard this before. Maybe, maybe we need to hear it again and again and again until it gets comes part of us. God says in the Torah, make for me a tabernacle and dwell within them. And it doesn't say to dwell within it, it's dwell within them, because every Jew is meant to be a tabernacle. So in a similar way, if, if we're supposed to be a tabernacle, we have to take a page out of the wagons of the what do we got to do? You might think, Nebuchadnezzar says, you have your time to study Torah. You have your Chayenu, you have your Rambam, you have your Chitas, you have your Gemara, you have your Chassidus, and then, then you're done. You have some free time too, right? But if you're meant to be a tabernacle for Hashem, that means there's nothing in your life which isn't meant to be part of the service of Hashem. There's no free moments we could say they are exempt from studying Torah because why did, give you, why did God give you this moment? This moment is also meant to serve Hashem. It cannot be that Hashem gave me a moment that wasn't meant to, be, to, to have content, to, to have purpose. That's why God created the moment. It wasn't like first I had God created time and space and said, so what should I do with it? God has a purpose for creation. And because of God's purpose for creation, and because there's nothing besides Hashem, so everything that Hashem made is for His sake. So it cannot be there's a second in time that's that's not that doesn't have a purpose. Hashem doesn't want me to do something with. It. I'm not meant to study Torah with. It. There's um, uh, in Torah itself, the study of Torah itself, it's possible to study Torah also externally. Like uh, some of us who are trying to finish the Karbanis uh, while we exist. Um, okay, none of us, but whatever. Anyway, so so it's possible you could study Torah, but not really be into your Torah stuff, right? You're studying Torah, but you're really into it. But we learn from the tabernacle that each of these bulls was using all of his strength to pull the wagons. What that means is you cannot just say I'm studying Torah and then say, okay, I, I'm I'm doing what I, I'm 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 also studying. And I don't have to put my whole all my kirchas, all my energy into studying Torah. I'm studying. I'm 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 doing it. But that's not true, because if you're not putting in your all of your mind into it, there's a part of your mind that's not studying Torah, and that's called bittul Torah. It's called there's an empty there's an empty space in your wagon. The example the Rebbe gives is from the laws of the Megillah. It says, it says in the Torah, the Talmud, that the Torah study is interrupted for the sake of hearing the Megillah. You stop studying Torah in order to hear the Megillah. Now, the Megillah itself is also Torah. What does it mean you stop studying Torah in the Megillah? That's not, you're not stopping the study of Torah. You're hearing the Megillah. You're hearing the, the whole Megillah is Torah. No, because when you hear the Megillah, what are you exercising in your mind? You're only exercising the external part of your mind. You're not, there's a deeper layer of your mind you're not even using. So, so if I'm studying Torah, but I'm not putting my whole mind into it, so there's a part of my mind that's not being used. There's an empty space in my wagon. And so, so therefore, we learn from the tabernacle from the wagon, number one, there's no extra moment. Number two, that in, in the moments themselves that Hashem gives me, I have to put my all my all in every moment. And it means something more. First of all, not necessarily is it only Torah study, of course. There's a famous story I heard from Rapinya Korf, Rapinya Korf said that he heard a story of the Alt Rebbe, there was a chassid, the Alt Rebbe, who previously was not a chassid, and he became a chassid. So his father, his father-in-law, 
asked the Altarebbe, is my son or son-in-law, is he learning as much Torah as he was before? So Altarebbe said, he's not. Why? The Hasidim not care so much about Torah study? So Altarebbe said like this. He said before he was learning Torah for covet, for glory. Now, there are a lot of people in the family that need to have the honor of his Torah study. There is the Shver, the Shviger, the father-in-law, the mother-in-law, the brother-in-law, the sister-in-law. Everyone wants to uh, to be honored by his Torah study. There's a lot of Torah that has to be learned for everybody. But now he's learning Torah for the sake of Hashem. So he's, he's only, it's only after so many people are involved, it's just for one. Since it's only for one, it could be less Torah. That's the story. Rapinia said it sounds like it's a joke, but he said, I don't think it's a joke. Because if you're learning Torah for Hashem, it could be learning less Torah. Because not always does Hashem want you to learn Torah. But the point, though, is that every moment of your life has to be the service of Hashem. And not only the, is it regarding your Torah study, but also regarding all other areas of, of your life. You might say, okay, so, so, so every free moment is supposed to be studying Torah. But then there's a time I'm eating and drinking, doing business, all this stuff in my life. Who says it has to be the same Hashem? Or the talents Hashem has given me. That I have from from which from, from the time when I was half Hashem, but they were developed when I was uh, not so religious and I was going to college and all these things that I've learned. And who says that they have to be also used for the sake of the service of Hashem? But if you're a tabernacle for Hashem, there's no such thing as a part of your life, as a moment in your life, which is not meant to be used. It's if Hashem gave you another moment on this green earth. That means that this moment is part of your space of being a tabernacle. If it's not used, it's not just that you're not using it. It's the opposite of the whole theme of what a tabernacle is about. Like, there's nothing besides Hashem. Can't you say it's Davka in the space where there was nothing, even Hashem is found there? Daft in the space where there's nothing, even if Hashem is found there as well. We'll explain a little bit. In the wagon, if there was an empty space somewhere, instead of it being full and saying you're using every aspect to have a piece of wood or something there, or say leaving a little space to say Dafka, it's there. Dafka, where Hashem isn't revealed, he's there too, to give that impression in the wagon. The, um, it's like it's like when it comes to the carbonus, even those seemingly unimportant things that lead up to the to, to giving of the carbon, those are all steps necessary to complete the whole the whole uh, carbon. There is a similar theme that Ebbe says about the um, about the plagues in the Egyptians. Ebbe says that there were there are different kinds of creatures, there are creatures that express Hashem's truth. You just, you just see, look at them, you see, ah, this, this, this is a person that expresses godliness. He's a, he's a Torah scholar, he's a tzaddik. There are people which are agnostic, and people which are atheistic. So, this is when there's someone who's, I may be misquoting, this is what I remember. If someone's atheistic, at least he's like in the conversation with Hashem. But someone's more like agnostic, like I'm not even interested. I don't know if agnostic's the right word. Someone who says I'm apathetic is probably the right word. I, 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 there is, there isn't, doesn't, doesn't have to do with me. In a way, that person is 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 more of a a a uh, more of a problem. The guy is atheist. The guy is atheist because he's talking of. He's in the conversation. It's annoyed by Galen. It's enough. They have to deny. It. However, 
someone who's apathetic to the whole thing, to him, there's, 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 it seems like this, the Ganges doesn't, doesn't reach him. There's a word that Rebbe uses in Parsha Shemini, Kudetera. The Rebbe says, what is unreaded? Unreaded means to touch you. There are things which may reach you, but they may not touch you. Allah in Hebrew means both to reach and to touch. And what's unique about the power of touch is that the power of touch not only is are you being touched, whenever you're being touched, you're also touching, unlike other, other, other faculties of a human being. So the purpose of the of different kinds of plagues. One of the plagues was a plague of frogs. Frogs are like the apathetic people. Why? There are some creatures in this world which they th their existence sort of points at is a riddle. Like, why would God create them? And they seem to be the opposite of, of God's creation. They're predators. They're mean. They're, they're cruel animals. So those animals at least are like the, the atheists. They, use, they express God's truth in, in the way of going the opposite of God's. But the frogs are like, what are they there for? What are they doing here? So Hashem specifically made a miracle with the, the frogs to highlight to, to the Egyptians that, that everything in the world that's, is created by Hashem, even those things, and even those moments, and even those people which are apathetic, they're also expressing God's truth. That's, that was necessary in Egypt. But here, this is not Egypt. Here, here we're in the tabernacle. Here, this is the Mishkan. Mishkan is a, a place of expression of a God's truth. It's, it's not a place of countering and fighting with, with the opposite argument. Here is a place of expression of the truth of Hashem. And how do you express the truth of, the truth of Hashem? What does this have to do with Galilee? How does this express Galilee? So, so in the tabernacle, in the, there's no such thing as an empty space. So, so that just to recap the points. Number one is no such thing as an empty moment. Number two is you can't have a moment that you're halfway into and halfway out. Number three, though, even those things which seem to be mundane, just like just like the, uh, the, the space and tabernacle was used completely, so too there's no such thing as a talent, something you have in your life that wasn't given to you for the sake of expressing the ship's rule. That's all I want to share today. Any other questions or comments? Uh, where are you? In Las Vegas today. Ah. The city. Say hi to Chaim Eiser for me. Oh, I shall, I shall, I shall. Thank you, thank you, thank you.